Hey, this is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. believe we're at a crossroads 2020 has brought challenges amen hmm. we've adapted you agree some ways we don't like but we've adapted we've compromised and we've made it I don't really like the fact that we've made it because I don't believe God designed us to make it I believe he designed us to thrive, but we've made it through this year. You agree? But I also believe that it's possible that we've compromised in the spiritual as well. I believe that the church has gotten to a place of complacency. And we just had a good time this morning, but let's be honest. This is the very last Sunday of 2020. When was the other time that we showed up with that kind of expectancy this year? That's sad. So can I just be honest? I believe we've compromised. We've got to a place of complacency. We've got to a place where we would rather be more comfortable than convicted. We've chosen to allow moderation of sin to become excess of sin. We've chosen temporary pleasures over faithful commitments of holiness. The result, we've got a weakened expectation of God to move. We've got a weakened expectation of our prayers to hold any power. We have a weakened expectation of the church to make a difference and be a voice in society. Let's be honest, we don't expect the church to do anything. Right? We got all these issues that have, wrote, that have that have risen up and we've got all these these things that we want to talk about but we don't expect the church to do anything about it. We say the church should stand, we say the church should make a difference, the church should be a voice, that the church should have a voice. But in reality, deep down, I'm going to say what you might not want to say, we don't expect the church to do it. We've lost the awe and wonder of God actually responding to what we ask in prayer. We've lost the ear to hear the voice of God speak to give direction for our life. We stand at a crossroads. I believe scripture deals with this. As I was reading the book of Jeremiah a couple months back, this verse of scripture just stopped me and I dwelled on this and dwelled on it and dwelled on it. And I believe that this is where this whole thought comes from of reset for us. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I want to read it to you first in the New American Standard, and then I'll read it in the New Living Translation. The New American Standard says, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways 
and see. And ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. I want you to listen to the way the New Living Translation words this. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its paths and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. Do you believe that this is directly speaking to the church today? We don't want to walk in that way. Before we get all happy and shouting, you need to hear the rest of the word because I'm not necessarily saying what you might think. Jeremiah is declaring that Israel is standing at a crossroads and I believe that you, I, and the church stand at a crossroads. I want to point your attention to four actions that are found in this verse as we find ourselves at the stop roads today. If you're taking notes, number one, stop and look. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Stop, stand by the ways and see. Stop and look. In order for anything to be accomplished, we might actually need to stop and take a look around. Right? The first thing that we have to do is recognize the crossroads for what it is. Look around, get your bearings. You've come to a fork in the road and the crossroads is a choice. We've got to recognize that the crossroads exist. If we don't recognize that the crossroads exist, then how in the world would we ever make the decision that would take us down the right path? Where the crossroads? We see throughout scripture the people of God often finding themselves at a crossroads. First of all, the children of Israel were at a crossroads when they gathered at Shechem Joshua, their general, was about to die and listen to what he said. He said, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers, the gods that your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers that they serve beyond the river, their gods of the Amorites in those whose land you're living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. They're at another crossroads where Elisha is confronted with the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. It's the same crossroads, the same two choices, God's way or the highway. And he stands there alone as he's dealing with these 400 prophets and he said, how long will you waver between two opinions if the Lord's God follow him, but if Baal's God Follow him. We as a nation have been sitting at a crossroads for some time and in many cases choosing the wrong direction. You agree? We've chosen the wrong directions. In his first inaugural address, President Franklin D. Roosevelt said, we don't know where we're going, but we're on our way. We've been at a crossroads for a long time. Roosevelt was right. And then there's a, 
A scholar from Harvard, or Harvard, Oscar Hanlon, he stated in an article called The Unmarked Way, it says at some point midway into the 20th century, Europeans and Americans discovered that they had lost all sense of direction. Formerly, formerly, familiar markers along the way had guided their personal and social lives from birth to maturity to death. Now, disoriented, they no longer trusted the guideposts and groped in bewilderment toward unimagined destination. Wandering in the dark, men and women in all Western societies, stumbling blindly along, strained unavailingly for glimpses of recognizable landmarks. At one point in time, we trusted the landmarks. We trusted forefathers. We trusted biblical principles. Now we are at a place when this is being written, and we can sure enough absolutely see this. We're living now in the result of this that we're just trying to grasp and find some sort of guideposts and landmark to help us make it through. Before we can reset, before we can move forward, we must recognize that a crossroads exists. So the first question I have for you is, what is your personal crossroads? You've got to stop and see. Number two is we ask for directions. Men, we hate to do this. Right? We believe we know where we're going. I can ride through the little town of Irwin. That all streets lead to the same place. And Micah, who's lived there her entire life, if I don't turn down the street she would normally take to get to a house, rather than the one I would normally take, I've done it wrong. Right? So, I've started asking, baby. You want me to turn here? You want me to go straight? She said, why are you asking me that? Because I want to know what you would do. Ask for directions. Jeremiah said, stop at the crossroads, look around, ask for the old godly way and walk in it. The New American Standard, more closer to the original translation, said the ancient way. The way that's been there, old and ancient to me, don't quite have the same weight. Something can be old without being ancient, right? I determined today that I'm not saying anything dumb from the pulpit. So now I'm battling to keep all those in my mind and not out my mouth. Jeremiah said, travel the old ancient way. I do not like riding down an old asphalt road that's got pothole, potholes all over it. You agree? Hate it. Especially those that are on like a, a road where there's a gravel pit. If you go from like the Anger area towards Sharon Harris, you actually cross, uh, you go through down a road where there's a, a big, huge gravel pit where uh, trucks are in and out of there all day long and they're just wearing the road out and it's terrible. I hate it. However, Jeremiah's saying take that ancient path. We in a paved society can't really appreciate this because we prefer those slick, black, brand new asphalt roads, right? 
However, in this day, when Jeremiah's talking, if you had to go through the wilderness, you didn't want to really be the trailblazer. You wanted to find the one that had been traveled over and over and over that was beat down, that you knew that path has been walked on a whole lot. Because chances are, if it was a well-traveled path, it was going to get you from point A to point B without any trouble. You with me? Ask for directions. We can't comprehend that thought process, but Jeremiah's saying, take the well-traveled path. He's intentional about asking for the old, ancient, godly, good way. But here's what I said you might wouldn't like what I was going with this. When Jeremiah asked for the ancient path, he didn't mean that we go back and live in the past. He didn't say go back and live in the past. Just give me a little bit of grace he didn't propose the old-time religion. I'm all about hearing and reliving some of those days and stories from the past. I believe that those saints have to be present so that my grandbabies can actually experience those. We had an, an amazing move a few minutes ago, but I asked you how many of those we've had in 2020. We can count them on one hand. Just being, can I be real? Here's the struggle. Ecclesiastes 7.10 warns us. It says, do not say, why were the old days better than these? I struggle. I struggle as a young godly man. My whole life I've struggled because I ain't pointing no fingers at nobody. But all my life I've heard about the good old days. Right? Some of y'all say that. I'm just being honest. What sense does that really make, though? Because do you realize as a young, can I just tell you from my heart? As a young man, you're saying my days ain't as good as your days. And as a young man, by saying the good old wish we could go back to the good old days, we're saying that, we, first of all, we've limited God. Because by saying I want to go back to the good old days, the scripture talks all about pressing forward and looking ahead and moving on and go toward the how. How is it? And my whole life I've struggled when I've heard that. Because I'm, I'm thankful, absolutely 100% thankful that those days existed. But I believe the best days could be ahead of us. What if, what if, what I've longed for for so long is that, I'm just telling my heart, I've longed for those same ones that look at me and talk about the good old days, for them to show up and for them to be here in expectation, them to be here early in prayer so that whenever we walk into the house, there's an anointing that can't be mistaken for anything else so that every person that walks in the door is transformed and they're moved in some way. I'm longing for somebody who, who does know the good old days to bring those days to even better days for my grandbabies. I want my babies to see some big old preacher stand on the pew and jump up and down and walk them there and back as I did when I was little. And you think it's crazy? That ain't crazy. He's passionate. This man's three times as big as I am. And I remember on a Sunday night at the Benson Church of God watching him. And he stood right here under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he walked. One, two, three, four, five. He turned around and he walked back. Just because he was excited. And I won't. Those of you that are online, you miss me standing in a pew. 
So I struggle with that. Can I just be honest? My whole life I've struggled. I'm thankful that you had some glory days. But where's mine? Where's mine? And what we need, what my babies need, is those that live through those moments, picking up bobby pins off the floor. We need them to be here with the same expectation and ignite a fire under us. It can't happen without it. I'm just saying. It don't matter how prayed up I am. It doesn't matter how spirit-filled I am. It doesn't matter how hot my fire might be burning. If water and wet rags walk in the door to throw a fire on, on this, uh, throw a wet rag on this fire, you can put it out. It's possible. And I ain't really talking to you personally, unless you feel it personally. Then I'm talking to you. But we are the church at a crossroads. The old, ancient, godly way is the biblical way. It's the way of Scripture. The problem with the people of Jerusalem was that they have not listened to the words and they rejected the law. In other words, they made a bad choice back at the crossroads to not follow the way of God. Staying on track means that we go down the biblical path. Jeremiah's advice for the people at the crossroads was to walk in the biblical faith. I think people of Israel were straight out disobedient. They knew the word of the Lord. You agree? Yeah? They were disobedient. Here's what I think our issue might be now, though. <laughs> I think we don't know it enough to follow it. They knew the word of the Lord. They knew scripture. We, on the other hand, don't actually know the way and know the road enough to follow the road. It's amazing how many Christians have never read the Bible all the way through from cover to cover. I don't mean that in any way to put anything down on you anyway whatsoever. It's just amazing to know. Because if we're going to live like Jesus... And we're going to do our best to say, this is my path to follow. I believe all of us would say that. We agree? If we're going to say, this is my path to follow, how in the world can I know how to get from here to there using this if I've never looked at this? We've got to have the word. Jeremiah said, a little bit down further after 16, he said, it was God speaking. What I just read to you, they didn't listen to my words. We've got to ask for directions. Those who seek the ancient path, the good path, are really seeking Jesus. Jesus told his disciples he was going to the Father's house to prepare a place for them. He promised he'd come back. And then he tells them there's a pathway to the place where he was going. And they're confused and not really understanding what Jesus is talking about, and truly they didn't know the way. And we see Thomas asked the Lord, he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can, how can we know the way? Do we ever have that question? So many times in my life. 
I don't have a clue whether I'm coming or going. I have no clue where God's trying to lead me. It makes no sense to me why I walk through some of the things I walk through. And I asked the question like, Thomas, Lord, I ain't got a clue where we're headed. How am I supposed to know how to get there? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the ancient, good, godly way. We stop and look, ask for directions. But then if you look, it says walk in it and travel it. I can walk down this aisle one time and be done. But you can walk around this altar and you can see in this carpet some of the well-traveled areas, right? Those roads that are full of potholes are full of potholes because they're well-traveled roads. When we get direction, Jeremiah says, walk in it. We're not only called to walk in it, but we're called to travel it. For me, the emphasis on travel means that the path gets traveled often. You know how to get to this church. Some of you have been driving to this church your entire life. Well, maybe not driving. You've been riding in some form or fashion, whether it was horse and buggy, or whether it was an automobile. You've been headed to this house your whole life. I'm just kidding, remember? I ain't saying nothing dumb today. The good old days, uphill both ways in the snow. Truthfully, though, you know the path, right? It's a well-traveled path. You could almost do it with your eyes closed, right? Because you've done it over and over and over. And I wonder, and I'm so guilty because I love Bibles. It's a different one. But I'm making a decision for 2020, and I'm only using one Bible. I'm not going through different Bibles because here's the thing. I can travel this over and over, and I can do this in most of my Bibles. I can point you to a page if I'm trying to remember something. I might not have a clue what verse it is, but I can tell you it's on the right-hand side halfway down the page. You with me? Unfortunately, I don't understand the CPU of my iPhone, and I cannot go into Uversion's application and tell you exactly where that verse of Scripture is found. I use my phone a lot to listen to the Bible as I read the Bible. But he said, walk in it and travel its path. If this is the way, if this is the ancient, godly, good way, if Jesus is the way, if the presence of God in my life is the good way, how in the world can I know every little bump? How can I know where the enemy's gonna sneak out and attack me? How can I know what's actually coming? How can I know the hills and the valleys and the mountaintops if I'm not traveling that road? I've learned my sin and I've learned my temptation. And I know just as good, I can tell you, I can have some tests, some schoolwork, or if I can have where everything at church is piling on all at one time, and that is a trigger for me. And I instantly know I need to watch out because if I get an overwhelming feeling about anything, at Christmas, we, had, we were trying to figure out Christmas presents and who's getting what. If I get overwhelmed whatsoever, I've traveled this path enough to know 
That's a trigger, and I need to watch out, and I better be waiting and standing on guard because if I'm not standing there waiting on the enemy to kind of pop out on this path and try to bite my leg, I can stop him when I walk by him now because I know it's coming. You with me? I've traveled this path. Life doesn't surprise me as much anymore. When my cousin took his life several weeks back, I wasn't mind blown by the, the reality that he took his life. You know why? I've traveled this road. People don't disappoint me as much as they used to anymore. You know why? Because they're people and I've learned to tone my expectation of them down. Because I've traveled this road. I can feel the celebration. I know when God's gifting and his anointing, I know that if I don't have my face in the word of God, my week is going to be horrible. I can feel a, a little bit of a temper. I can feel a little bit of something rise up in me where I don't feel good about who I am and I'm biting people's head off and I'm really not happy. And if I stop a second, I know I've traveled this road enough to know it's because I've not been in the presence of the Lord like I was supposed to be but you've got to walk in it and travel it to have that kind of experience. It's the practical process of reset. I like this. I wrote it. I don't know if you will or not. It says this is where your anointing meets your problem. This is where your prayer cloth meets your faith. It's where your Bible reaches your hand and your prayers begin to reach heaven. It's where the word is hidden in your heart. We must travel the good path. How are we going to do this? This is vision casting Sunday. You didn't know that, did you? Reset. We're going to pray. We're going to read. On the back table on your way out today, there's a printed reading plan. It's a five-day reading plan to give you two days to catch up. I'm terrible on the weekends. I read my Bible on the weekends, but it's not as easy. I ain't going to lie to you. Get out of a routine. It's a five-day reading plan. If you read all of the scripture that's listed, you will go through the entire Old Testament and the New Testament in 2021. If you're not filling up to that challenge, if you read the New Testament books, every day it's like one chapter a day, you can read the New Testament in 2021. Maybe that's an awesome accomplishment for you. If that's what you want to do, do it. But we as a church are going to commit to reading scripture daily together because if we don't know the path, how can we follow it? We're going to fast. There's a 21-day fast coming in January that as a church our, our denomination, our state, we corporately will gather with them and do a 21-day fast. And then from there on, we're going to fast one meal, one day, something every week. Can I just tell you we need some spiritual sensitivity? We are numb. We've compromised. Things don't bother us the way they should bother us anymore. We're going to fast. We're going to fast something at least one time throughout the week. We're going to pray. We're going to commit to spending time, that, that Bible reading time. I'm guilty sometimes of picking up the Bible to read it to get my daily reading done. 
That's not what's right. Still getting it done. I'm still traveling the path. But when I spend time and pray through scripture, I'm not talking about we ain't got to spend three hours to do this. I believe those readings on those pages, if you can carve out 20 to 25 minutes of your day and read those passages and pray and ask God, I mean, I'm talking literally. When I saw this in Jeremiah, I said, Lord, what in the world are you talking about? Stop at a crossroads. Teach it to me, Lord. And this whole thought was birthed out of that prayer. We're going to read and we're going to give. Here's the final thought. You stop and see. I know what time it is. I ain't tired yet. So I ain't quitting yet. Stop and see. Ask for directions. Walk in it and travel it. And then fourthly, Jeremiah said, and if you do this, you will find rest. Now, I tried to get creative. I tried to figure out how to make this reset, be rest, and all this different stuff. Carter did a good job on that graphic, didn't he? Good job, Carter. Beautiful son. We need rest. Do you agree? I've walked through two different spells of quarantine in 2020, and neither one of them were very restful. Okay? Just telling you. We're very restful. I'm not talking about we need quarantine. We need rest. But not necessarily rest for our bodies. Jeremiah said you'll find rest for your soul. We've had enough anxiety. We've had enough unknowns. We've had enough uneasiness with 2020. We've had enough mourning and heartbreak. I've had enough. I'm ready to walk this path. What's interesting is I'm never resting when I'm walking. Take a vacation to Disney World and it's more walking than you've ever done your entire life. You come home more exhausted from walking than you did when you left. But there's still something refreshing about it. And scripture is the same way and walking out this faithfulness is the same way. This is interesting. Jesus ties us back. Your Bible might have a little footnote. That's right, baby doll. She's okay. Your Bible might have a footnote tying Jeremiah 6.16 back to Matthew chapter 11. Because Jesus is not only the good way, he's the peaceful way. And he said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. I can walk in him and have rest. We need rest. Those who walk in the ancient path and the good way find rest for their souls, which is exactly what people find when they come to Jesus. Amen. We're at a crossroads, family. And Mitchell's determined that my 2021 will not look like my 2020. You with me?
we're going to go back to some things that were present in the good old days. And we're going to go back to some of those traditional, I don't really like calling them that, but that's what they are. First of all, a prayer meeting. Here's the deal. I'm going to schedule these prayer meetings. If you don't show up, it's your fault. Because me and Jesus will be here. Because Mitchell's going to travel the way. We need a revival. The church as a whole in America needs a revival. But I'm just going to tell you as your pastor, the Sapona Road Church of God needs a revival. We may have a scheduled revival next year. I think we've got one on the calendar. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of move that whenever the altars opened up this morning, we come weeping before the Lord because we recognize that when we put our cares on him, there's a difference making happening. He's going to do something. And I'm just telling you, I believe wholeheartedly. I've lived it. I've traveled the path long enough. That if we walk out these steps, and if you will, <laughs> you're not going to like this, but I promise people will know whether you've been in your word or not. Kind of like you can tell if I've had a shower or not. I'll be able to see on your face whether you've done your Bible reading for the week. And I'm asking you, please, if you care and you want revival in this church, if you want God to do something in your personal life, you got to travel the path. Stop. Look around. We ain't in a good place. We need direction. And we're going to walk and we're going to travel in that old godly path. The way that works. You know what works? Prayer, scripture, fasting, giving, serving. They work. We're going to walk in that. Like I told you earlier, whether you want to or not, I'm going to drag you. You might put my fire out sometimes, but I'm going to drag you. Whatever the crossroads that we stand before today, just stand and see. Stop and look. Maybe you don't even realize there's a crossroads. Well, maybe you need to look and see where you made a turn back there. Sometimes when you get lost, you have to go back to the turn that you made and realize that was a bad one. I made some bad turns. Wherever we're at, what's the crossroads? Realize that there's a crossroads. I believe every day is a crossroads. I'm not normally huge on New Year kind of things. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, all these pastors that were all about 2020 and 2020 vision and all this stuff. <laughs> we walked through a world pandemic. I don't discredit any of them. That's great. I'm just not, I, I normally struggle with that. 
I just believe at the beginning of this year, we need to hit a reset button. And we need to take things back to scratch and build upon the foundation of the biblical truth. We need revival. In your life, you need revival. In our homes, we need revival. How does it happen? We got to do a reset sometimes. The internet slows down and quits working. As a technician, you know what fixes 98% of problems? Mr. Tommy, what is it? Restart. Reboot. Over and over. Where's your crossroads today? What do you need? Father, Lord, we've met you here today. Holy Spirit, we've experienced you in a powerful move of your ministry and your working in our life. Father, I can say today, I was glad that I went to the house of the Lord. Father, today we stand at a crossroads. Maybe individually, personally, we're dealing with decisions. Maybe we're dealing with troubles and problems. Maybe we've got a, an option of where we're to go and what we're to do, what we're supposed to, to walk into next year, Father. I don't know what it looks like for each person, God, but we're at a crossroads. God, and I believe that you're calling us to stop and look around. Take in the surroundings, God. We need to realize we don't have it together. We need help. This path ain't working. Let us stop and look, Lord. Let us ask you for direction to realize that you are the way. Let us walk in that and travel in that over and over and over. Let that path be one that's beaten down and worked in the ground that is clear. We're going to be trailblazers as we go through and find this path as, as we're going to travel the ones that maybe have grown up because we've not been traveling them enough. But it's that old path that's still there that was laid down before us a long time ago. God, we're going to commit to spend time with you. We're going to commit to spending time in your word. God, we're going to commit to spending time in prayer, believing, Lord, that we can lay hands on the sick and then be healed, believing, God, that we can pray over our kids, we can pray over our homes, we can pray over our financial situations, we can pray over every trouble and circumstance and situation that would come our way, God, and there would be a shaking of hell at our prayer. God, we're going to believe you for great things as we hit a reset button in the spiritual lives of your church we're going to commit to you thank you Lord Father I worship you I worship your name Jesus God I thank you for that those good old days I thank you that that there was that fire that was stirring but I believe God that there's a remnant there's a leftover. There's still some inhabiting the land, God, that have that anointing, that are full of that anointing, that can spark a fire, God. And I'm personally, my prayer is, Lord, that those that walk through those good old days, that walk through those days would, would transition and they would light a fire to see good old better days than the good old days. They would see you move, God. They'd see you do miracles. They would see revival like they've never seen before because they would be expecting you to move and expecting you to do something as we show up. I thank you, Lord. 
God, I worship you. I thank you for your word today. Spark something in us as we reset today. Father, I pray blessings on your people. I pray that you continue to move in those situations we prayed over earlier. Every one of those situations where health needs are present, God, I declare healing. Father, I pray you bless your people today. Keep us. Let your face shine on us. Let grace and peace come to us and bring us back again in the name of Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Amen and amen.